In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. I'm here with Jack Duffin and Ian Wright, 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 uh, with an NFL UK exclusive. I'm here filming at the Vikings training ground. Jack, how are you, buddy? I'm good, but can, can you just explain what you're wearing while you're walking around the uh, training facility, um, well, sort of temporary training facility for the Vikings? So what, what, what are you wearing, Paul? Cleveland Browns gear, why? <laughs> <laughs> the spirit of Quessy. The spirit of all of the former Browns lives within Paul. Greg Joseph will be able to spot you a mile away. Uh, you're, up in, you're up in Liverpool, right? No, no, I'm back in London now. So, in, um, okay. Yeah, so, um, but yeah, I've seen Greg, haven't spoken to him. Nick Mullins as well, ex-Browns. That's right, the fighting Nick Mullin. They poached yeah. Jack's uh, little sleeper. I, didn't they trade a seventh-round pick for him? Didn't they, isn't that how that went down? Who was that? Nick Mullins, did they sign him or did they trade for him? Uh, he was signed by the Raiders, and then the Raiders traded for um, the Patriots backup, backup, um, whoever that was, and then the Raiders then traded him. Uh, Nick Mullins. Mullins. There you go. And then if you remember, Paul, I think also your draft crush slash brother, Ezra Cleveland, is also a Viking, so you're going to have to find him. Good, mate. Can you tell me his number and I'll go and get some photos of him? But um, look, we're a Cleveland Browns podcast. We're not a Vikings podcast. So uh, I think we're here to talk about the Falcons versus the Browns. Yeah. Yeah, I think the first thing to look at is that injury report. It's not looking good. So I'll just take it based on the list that came out Thursday because I haven't seen the Friday one yet. Um, it, has, yeah, it hasn't been released yet. The one that's on the Browns website right now is the one as of Thursday. So first name on the top of the list is Joel Batonio. Uh, these just in alphabetical order. Um, was, did not practice first game, bicep injury, but limited. So expecting him to play. So we, we won't delve too long on the limited. We'll focus on the other ones. Next up. That's, called, that's, a, sen- that's a senior day off right there. Uh, no, because they can just For- say rest day. So there are others on here where it just says rest day. And they're usually pretty clear with that. Um, and limited just means they played less than 100% of the practice reps. So if you miss five of them, you're officially meant to be limited. Um, next up is Taven Bryant with a hamstring. Two did not practices, and they have called up Roderick Perry, um, well, elevating him from the practice squad. So it looks like Taven Bryant, no go this week. So we go from one serviceable defensive tackle to zero. Oh, sorry. I was drinking water whenever I almost spit that up. <laughs> there's no other way to cut it, really, is there? Um, John Elliott's been trash. And there's no depth. And the one guy who... It's a matchup we're going to focus on later here in the podcast. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, So, who else? Clowney's out, right? We've already kind of discerned that. Yeah, it's not official yet, but it, it, him and Miles, I would say, 
not playing. Miles, we'll see that. We'll see that today. But I mean, Clowney's injury related. Like he has, I'm, I'm guessing it's a high ankle sprain. That'd be my guess. I don't know how severe. Um, what was the story on Conklin? I know I was, we were just talking about him in the pre-show. I went back and watched the Steelers. I thought he had a damn good showing. Uh, we don't know if it was more the Browns plan to bring him back week three versus a non TJ Watt, because he did really well. Uh, have we heard anything about his injuries 10 days now post his first, first game back? So it's really weird with this one because he was limited at first and then he was a did not practice yesterday, which is usually obviously the opposite way round. Um, it's a knee injury. Uh, luckily, yeah. fair Hudson's looked solid, looked really good when he came in for his few tackle, uh, few snaps at left tackle last game. So it's not one that I'm that panicking, but I'd rather he was there. Yeah, I think maybe the reason they went limited is just to kind of test it to see. Because remember, he's still coming back from a pretty extensive. I think it was a patellar tendon, if I'm not mistaken. So that's a pretty serious knee injury for him. Um, but it is good to see that he did get out and practice on Wednesday. Obviously, today, once the injury report comes out, if he's back practicing, that's trending better. Because like I said, I think there's a bit of a difference in the run game when you're running behind Jack Conklin. Yeah. Um, next up, we've got Amari Cooper. It was just a rest day. Um, so well, no playing. issues there. It was officially a rest day. Um, Miles is next on the list, but we've discussed him. Joe Haig, uh, two days in the concussion protocol. So Out. not that likely, but Hayes. He would have to clear back. today. He would have to clear today. Uh, no, because you can clear on the day of the game. Oh, I thought they, it was two days. So he'd clear today and then he'd be good. He'd have to have a Saturday and then game day. So you may be right, but I, he would have to, we'd have to at least see him practice. If he doesn't practice today, and let's, let's be honest, for Joe Higgs play, we got other issues. Yeah. So it, it's one that could be a challenge that if, because Hudson, for the first time, I, I think he's been on the injury report the other three weeks, not on there this week. Um, if Haig and Conkling both can't go, that creates sort of a, a slight issue that Hudson has to step up and Hubbard's got to be your swing. Um, so could be a problem, but let's deal with that when the time comes. Uh, Ronnie Harrison, full both days, which is positive. Njoku had nothing on the first day, but did not practice with a knee yesterday, but haven't heard any major concerns. So fingers crossed that will be fine. JOK was a did not practice to a limited, so certainly trending in the right direction, um, which we're happy to see. Isaiah Thomas, hand injury, but full both days. So that's fine. Denzel Ward, back and ribs, did not practice and then limited. So at least trending in the right direction. I think if I had to guess now, we're looking at Taven Bryan, Clowney, uh, Joe Haig, and Miles Garrett as the four that are out with injuries. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about Garrett because obviously we haven't had a podcast since this incident went down. And, you know, basically for those that have been living in a hole, Miles Garrett was driving home from practice and lost control of his vehicle. He was cited by the Medina County Sheriff's for going too fast. I think we've all been there. I mean, hell, my driving record is nothing to, you know, to brag about. I just don't drive a Porsche 911. I have no idea after seeing that car, how this guy basically walks away with, you know, a little bit of a shoulder sprain bicep. So my guess is he probably hit that side on something and a couple little cuts. I mean, you talk about somebody that just built like a brick shit house, being able to just walk away from something like that. I mean, that car is total. I mean, it is insane. He flipped it over three times. I mean, his passenger. So shout out to the Porsche engineers because that's one hell of a thing. But listen, we talk a lot about how these guys, you know, can can go through things that people in the real world do. 
and it's a joy that Miles was not seriously hurt. I get why Miles Garrett wants to play on Sunday. I do. He wants to play. He's the leader of the defense. But in the same sense, the Browns need to look at this and say, we need to protect him from himself. And if you need an example of that, go back to last night's game with Tua. And that's a different conversation in terms of that. But just because guys want to play and this guy is built like a Greek god, it may not be the best thing for him to play in the grand scheme of things for what you're paying him in the long term. You don't want him to go out there and tear that bicep all because you just need him against the Falcons. Paul, what was your kind of just take on the, the miles situation? Have people in the, over in London been talking about it at all? Or, you know, what have you seen being the social media uh, person plugged in that you are? Well, as a Porsche ex-owner, them cars are solid. So uh, has anyone told about what speed he's been driving at yet or not? Sounds like it was at least 65 and a 45. He was going faster than that to make, you know. But anyway, we're not here to talk about speed of cars. Um, but yeah, it, it's been in the news. A lot of people who don't support NFL have shown me the pictures of the car, so it is global news. Um, but yeah, I think he's going to play on Sunday. That's just the way he is. I think it, it's one that if if Clowney was playing, there would be no question they just wouldn't risk miles. Um, I think the only reason why we're in a discussion of Miles playing is because there's no clowny when it looks that way. And that's where the issue basically lies. Um, I wouldn't surprise me between now and game day that they sign a defensive tackle, uh, not a defensive tackle, an edge, um, with the hope that they would play. Because it's not... There is certain positions where it takes a lot of chemistry. Hey, if you're a wide receiver, you're a quarterback, you can't just sign a dude and then expect him to play the next day. D-line is almost one of those where you can sort of get away with it. Um, if you're just telling the dude, just run at the quarterback. Um, it's pretty much as simple as that. Then I think you can sort of do it. But I don't know the names out there. It might be someone they have to grab and steal off a practice squad. Um, but I think they've got to do something. Because if you're going into this game and you've got Rochelle and Bryant, that, that not sorry, Rochelle and Wright is your starting edge tandem. And then your depth is Solomon Thomas. You elevate potentially. You mean Isaiah Thomas? We didn't sign Solomon Thomas. That's the one. Uh, just to give a couple updates from Scott Petrak. Do you guys know exactly what time we're recording? Miles Garrett, Jadavian Clowney are not practicing. We will find out in about an hour if they were ruled out for Sunday. Browns defensive tackle Taven Bryan hamstring rode a stationary bike. Je quarterback de Cornerback Denzel Ward and Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa practicing for the second straight day. Najoku and Conklin are back after resting yesterday. So there's a little bit of the up-to-date, up-to-date. But it sounds like Ward, JOK, Najoku, and Conklin are trending. Um, the other thought maybe with Miles is maybe they just bring him in for, say, 20% of the snaps. You know, it's one of those ones where they limit, his, limit him severely. But just to get him out there and get him some reps, he doesn't play his normal 60 65%. Maybe it's 15-20. Because realistically, Miles Garrett doesn't need to practice for the week. If he feels good on Sunday to go out and give you, you know, maybe 30, 40 snaps, they might be trending that way. I'm sure we'll find out from Stefanski when he has his press conference around noon. Apparently, Miles is expected to speak today as well, so that's one to keep an eye on. There you go. So, but overall, I mean, let's talk about the matchup. You know, now, Paul, I know you're a little bit limited on time. How much time do we have you left for? Yeah. 
Yeah, two more minutes. All right. So one press conferences. Give us your score prediction then. I'm going to go with Cleveland Browns 14, Falcons 13. Ooh, he's going for the low scoring contest. Uh, Who's going to be your standout in offense and defense? Uh, standout will be Hunt. Uh, defense will be JOK. All right. So we got a game ball going to Hunt and one to JOK. Last question. What are your plans for game day? Where can people track down, Paul? We know you're always up semantics. I'm about to give you the world exclusive for Paul Brown on the day. I've signed a multi-million pound deal. <clears throat> That's not true. I've gone done a corporate partnership with 888 Sport, and they've given me the box at Chelsea. So uh, um, I'll be working with Vernon Kay and a few others just uh, doing some... Uh, social media stuff. So uh, I will be in the Bricklayers pub from 11 o'clock on Sunday. So if you want to come meet me for a drink, I'll probably get it for free. Come meet me and I'll get you a pint. What better offer than that? You get you listen to podcasts and you get given away free beer. So uh, thank you very much, Paul. Go ask Quasi some questions. Ask him if uh, he'll potentially trade us an edge defender. Also ask uh, Greg right Joseph if he, can, if he can bang in some field goals. I got to start him in fantasy this week. So I'm going to need some distance on those field goals. Ooh. All right, brilliant. All right, mate. You take care. All right. Have a good one, Paul. Cheers. All right, we're back. Um, the matchup. I mean, it's it's kind of crazy. We're sitting here thinking about it when the season started, Jack. We talked about like kind of the first quarter of the season, you know, like, you know, those first four games, and we talked about the quality of opponent. And we know that after this Falcons game, and listen, the Falcons aren't a bad team, but in the same sense, they're not a great team either, right? So I would say they're one of the six top teams in pass EPA. Um, expected points added. Their offense has been really tasty. Um, for me, it's been one of the surprises. And there is a there is a distinct six, and then there is a gap. Um, and they are in that group. Their, their passing offense has uh, massively overachieved um, to this stage. You would not have put Mariota in that discussion. And that's better than anything the Browns, et cetera, is doing. Uh, Jacoby's been good, but just looking at that, hey, what are you mm-hmm. getting every time you pass? Um, they're, they're looking tasty. And the, the, uh, the irony is, is it's kind of what Mariota did when he was with Tennessee, and now you have Arthur Smith, the coach from Tennessee, now in Atlanta. And you're right. It is just efficient offense. It's not your Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen type offense, and he's making things – happen with limited skill sets. I mean, they got a rookie. Their three-headed monster is obviously Cordell Patterson, Mariota's quarterback, Cordell Patterson, the running back hybrid kick returners, hybrid wide receiver, Kyle Pitts, who hasn't done much of anything, and Drake London, who obviously coming into the draft somewhere high on, I really wasn't, um, but he's he's got off to a good start. He stayed healthy, which is a big thing for him. But the big thing is, the Browns defense right now is obviously picking up. So the next three games, they get the Browns have the Chargers, the Patriots, the Ravens. So this is kind of the last of the teams that you kind of look at and saying the Browns should win this game. You know, they should be able to go out, lean on the team and just say, hey, we're going to impose our will on them and move on. 
I think right now the Browns are favored only by a point. Now, obviously being in Atlanta means that on a neutral site, the Browns would be favored by a little bit more, but offensively for the Falcons, Mariota, we've talked about Patterson. Um, they've got that guy. Ola, it's Olamai Zacchaeus or Zacchaeus. And then their other wide receiver. We're very familiar with Cordero Hodge. Do you think that the Browns are going to continue this rotation with Emerson Ward on the outsides with Newsom in the slot? I mean, how, do you think maybe they just pat, put Emerson on Drake London? What do you think the Browns strategy is going to be from a coverage standpoint to try to limit this efficient Falcons offense? Yeah, so I don't think they're going to put Ward on Drake London. It's not really his best skill set of stick the 5'11 corner on a 6'4 wide receiver. Doesn't tend to produce the best returns. So I think you're going to have to look to either Newsom or Emerson uh, to deal with him. Whoever's in the slot, I think that's naturally just going to become uh, Newsom's baby because if we look at the snaps this season, if there's a slot wide receiver, it's basically always been Newsom. Um, but you're just looking at it. There, there is six players who are going to play on Sunday that have 75 or more receiving yards this season. Drake London, Kyle Pitts, Zacharis, Hodge, Cooper, and Njoku. So that's four to two. And that's something we've got to be aware of. And that's with Kadaro Hodge catching nothing last game. Um, don't think he even got a single target. But you, you are balanced against it where they've got four options, which have seen targets, seen yards, and created that. Browns have got two. That is a dangerous combo. It puts a lot of pressure on Jacoby Brissett. Luckily, their corners, AJ Terrell had an amazing season last year. Hasn't quite shone so far this year, but if AJ Terrell is shutting down Cooper, that then you're going to have to force um, him to go and find some other players. And that does worry me because I think if they're going to score points, we've got to stay with them. I think... I think the over is going to get absolutely smashed in this game. Yeah, I think we talked about this a little bit before. I agree. I think this is, I mean, Paul's 14-13 will be one that I would be very shocked if it uh, it comes true in that sense. But, yeah, you're talking about two teams where right now their offenses are better than their defenses. Ironically enough, both offenses are led by game manager style quarterbacks. Now, in fairness, when we talk about offensive efficiency – the Falcons have played the Saints, which I believe they hung 26. Then they came back and hung, what, 27, I think, on the Rams. The Rams have a pretty good defense. And then last week they beat the Seahawks and I think hung again 27 points. So the Falcons consistently score 26 or 27 points for all three games so far this season. So if the Browns can hit that 30 number offensively, I think you're going to stand a better chance. Now, in saying that, we also understand that the Browns are run dominant team that we kind of get. So how much are the Browns going to be able to limit the Falcons offense by the use of their run game, trying to limit the number of plays they run on offense? Yeah, I think it's one we've just got to be ready to air that ball out. Um, and if Cooper and AJ Terrell are shut down, then DPJ's time to step up, whether it's Hunt, whether it's Bell, whether it's anyone, Schwartz might get out of something deep because their safeties haven't been particularly great. Um, they've got to be able to produce yardage and get the ball moving because we've seen consistently just across the start of the season, if the Browns run the ball on first down, 67% of the time, so that's two out of three, these chains move or we get a TD. We compare that, oh, sorry, this is just the last two weeks. We compare that 
to the pass game. If we pass the ball on first down, 88% of the time, the chains are moving or we're scoring a TD. That's 21% more. So if, if you're starting with a run on first down, you're naturally putting yourself in a less efficient position. And it's time when, you, if you're Kevin Stefanski, you've got to say, I'm going to trust Jacoby Brissett. We need to go out there and make a move and really put it on the other team. We can't rely on just this run and Jacoby to bail out the run game because it's not efficient as you want it to be. I think, I think you're right on that sense. But I also think that with the Browns right now, the one thing that makes their offense efficient is, and like last night, I know people were going nuts in the Bengals game because the Bengals tendency to run on first down. The Browns do better offensively when they're third and four, third and three, third and two. You know, so the one thing that they have, if they're going to pass on first down, you have to make sure, and Stefanski is really good at this, so I think there is optimism here, is you want high completion percentage plays on first down. To your point, if I hit a four-yard banger that gets me six yards, but it's a pass, that's okay. You know, sometimes we talk about that RPO, and the Browns don't run a ton of that style of offense, but if they go up there and Brissett has one run play and one pass play, and he checks from a handoff to maybe a bubble screen or something like that, you can utilize the pass to set yourself up with second and short, third and short, obviously a lot more manageable in terms of moving the chains. You know, if we're talking about places to attack the Falcons defense, as you mentioned, AJ Terrell hasn't had quite the first round uh, billing yet this year, and they've gone ahead and made a couple different changes. I know Casey Hayward is over there on the other side. They just, they have one defensive lineman similar to we, but the only difference is theirs is a defensive tackle and that's Grady Jarrett. He's the, obviously the best player they have in terms of on defense. Some of the other guys, they got Michael Walker. They got Rashad Evans, the kid from Tennessee that's come over. Uh, Richie Grant was the safety we looked at in the draft a couple of years ago. He's kind of playing that strong safety type of role. Um, he's a hit kind of guy. He's kind of a go, but I have a funny feeling they're going to lean on Nick Chubb. I don't think Paul's too crazy with the cream hunt. Cause I think this is a game on turf that you really be able to utilize cream hunt in the screen game out of the backfield force these linebackers to try to cover these guys, because let's be honest, if we're talking about the discipline and one of the things that Rashad Evans struggled in Tennessee that I think Mike Vrabel got really frustrated with him on was discipline. I discipline. So now all of a sudden you have a game manager in Brissett hits a play action. Evans steps up. I'm going to slip either Donovan Peoples Jones. I can slip a back out of the backfield, maybe David Njoku. I think you're going to create a lot of offensive matchups in your favor because you have an inexperienced Falcons defense. Now, in saying that, it is Brissett's job to be efficient with the ball. You know, it is Amari Cooper's job that when on third and 12, he puts a pellet off your chest, you got to catch it. I mean, we can't have tipped balls. You can't give them turnovers on just stupid plays. You know, we saw Najoku break out last week against the Steelers. Solely, I would say, you know, obviously he's a talented guy, but it's the benefit of the matchups. And in this case, the Browns offensively should be like we talked about the top six offensively and then efficiency wise, and then the clip, the Browns need to be executing at a top six level this week because the Falcons defense is right for pickings. No, it's it's hundred percent. It's got to be the way it goes. Um, they've got to be able to match there. Uh, luckily their O-line hasn't been that great. So it's not one where the danger is, Hey, there's no Clowney. There's no potentially no Garrett. They're not going to be able to produce anything and it's going to be tough for them to produce something, but you don't need to be superstars unless you're... If you're up against the Browns O-line and you're looking at our potential D-line that's going to start, you'd be saying, hey, you may as well just not 
even move. You just give Jacoby Brissett as much time as you want in the pocket. But they should be able to do something. And that, that's going to be important just to cause a little bit of questions for Mariota. Um, an early pressure could be good enough just to constantly bring that question to his head. Um, and yeah, even if Miles Garrett's active, he's probably not going to play other than maybe, maybe you, you just put him out there for third downs. Um, it could be as limiting as that, that you just go, hey, we'll just throw him in there every so often. Um, but they're going to need to do something. We're going to need KG York to step up. Um, ideally, we're going to need TDs, but a single drop point could be enough that you lose this game. Yeah, absolutely. And we say it every week, the specials have to be special. They cannot lose you a game. You know, there was one guy coming out in the draft I was a big fan of, Avery Williams. Um, he's going to be their returner. For the Falcons and listen, if you give this guy an inch, he's going to take it. So they need to be consistent. They need to not have 12 men on the field. They need to not have personnel issues, all this other stuff. And it's crazy that we have to say that. I mean, they've got an efficient kicker, um, young Hoku in terms of Atlanta. So this is a guy that, you know, knows how to make his kicks. So Cade York, you got to match that. You can't miss one. And he makes all his, you know, Bradley pinions, a veteran punter. This is a guy that's been around. He knows how to punt the ball. So, you can't lose the game by giving them free possessions or free five yards or not getting a touchback whenever, you know, bombing Boriquez puts one inside the tent. You just have to be efficient, you know, and ultimately at the end of the day, the Browns need to win this game. They knew because there's not too many easy ones left and we got to get healthy and we need to get efficient. Yeah. I do feel better about the Patriots game than I do this. And that's something I certainly did not think I would be saying to myself coming into uh, slander of Brian Hoyer is unacceptable. This is a man that led us to a winning uh, half a season before Johnny Manziel harpooned the whole thing. But it's then you look look past that, and I'll apologize in advance to our boy Jackson McCurry because he always tells me off for looking too far forward, but I, I love looking forward. So whatever happens with this result, the Chargers aren't the sort of invincible machine that they've got injuries. Uh, Guyton's gone, um, left tackle, um, What's his name? He's on IR. Um, their left tackle. Slater. Oh, Rashad really Slater. Rashad Slater, yeah. Herbert Joe, should be Joey Bosa. Yeah. Joey Bosa, not there. They're not, they're not quite the same team they were last year. They're still really good, though. But they get the pass interference from Mike Williams whenever they need it, so it's all right. Yeah, and, th- and then you're looking to Patriots that next week. So it's one where we said, hey, the goal three and one for the first four weeks and then we might lose the next three. If it comes to the stage, hey, we go three and one, and then we pick up one against the Patriots, we're sat there with four and two. That, that, that's a really positive spot. So the Browns just need to go out and win. It's not going to be pretty. Right. What's your score so, prediction? I was going to say, what's yours? Um, listen, I'll, I'll, I'll go straight with mine. It's go. Browns 30, Atlanta 27. It's going to be scoring, and they need to get that pass going early. All right. So I'm going to take, I do think there's going to be some points. I think the Browns are going to score 31 of the points. I think the Browns are going to come in on the scoreboard with 31. The Falcons, not so many. I think it's going to be 31, 24. I again, think the over is going to hit. I think the Falcons will score. I do think that Pitts will probably have a decent day for you fantasy people out there, considering the linebackers he's going up against Jacob Phillips, not ideal in coverage. And do you want to use JOK and Delpit in that? Probably not. So I'm going Browns 31. Falcons 24. And as always, enjoy the game, guys. Go Browns. 
go Browns. And if you're going to the Bricklayers Pub, Paul will get you two beers. Just tell him he and Sanchez.